Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambutasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambutasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambutasa Putang tamang sankang namasami So it was just really very interesting, you know, what you were sharing before mm-hmm. about, you know, that the people basically, you know, who live for 50, 60, 70 years, you know, repeating constantly the same pattern and, and not being able to kind of learn from it, not, you know, not being able to, to gain a perspective on what they are doing, even they have obviously quite strong repercussions that are coming out of those uh, patterns like you know you um, deciding to make this big break with your husband and he still is kind of caught in this delusion you know of there's something in the future uh, which will finally um, you know save him from from the his life basically very interesting um uh, insidious you know, kind of uh, illness you know many people share you know to one degree or another in in samsara because you know that's how it is if we are deluded and as long as we are not enlightened we are deluded and you know always less thinking that you know it's somewhere else uh, is the great uh, solutions are happening somewhere else and if we just run fast enough we, we're gonna arrive there at one point and actually have a a very good quote on this which is from a a christian um i think it's a, a friar or a, a father alfred de susa is his name and it says for a long time it had seemed to me that life was about to begin real life but there was always some obstacle in the way, something to be got through first, some unfinished business, time still to be served, a debt to be paid. Then life would begin. At last, it dawned on me that these obstacles were my life. So, and, you know, the story of your husband reminds me very much mm-hmm. on, on the essence of this um, Saying. Very happy to give it to you to take it if you like later. Okay. Yes, I'd like that. You can share it with him. <coughs> okay. yeah. I think with greetings from us. But this is one way you know how to uh, really. Um, Put it in a nutshell, you know, what samsara is all about, this this feeling or this kind of promise, you know, that in the future we're going to be happy. But right now, you know, we, we are busily uh, kind of uh, thinking about the future. And, and through that, we actually never are in touch with what we are really doing and how we are really thinking in the present moment. So we never learn from our experience. 
because you can only you know really learn from your experience if you're fully with it in the present moment mm -hmm. in a non-dualistic way really to be fully with it not thinking about it but really fully being with it and I'd like to make a little experiment with all of you if you just you know, put your hands together like this and then you know if 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 you think about you know when if I ask you what are you where are your hands what can you really experience in the present moment what you're experiencing is not your hands but you just experience sensations and you feel warmth you feel a certain amount of pressure you feel pulsation or maybe you feel some coldness of your fingertips and maybe a little bit aching in the upper arms by holding up your hands like this. The pressure of your body sitting on the cushion or on the chair. The air going in and out. All of those different sensations, but you don't experience hand at all. This is just a concept which we put on top of all of the sensations. So please feel free to put them down again. So that's a very good illustration, you know, what experience is all about. And it is very different than our stories about experience. Because the concept hand is, is actually a story. You know, it's, it's a word which we have chosen to symbolize this, this appearance, you know, which we call hand. And it's very useful, you know, on an everyday level. But... Ultimately, it doesn't exist. And, you know, that's a very good illustration. I think, you know, if we want to really learn from the way things are, we have to go, like, deeper. We have to go underneath the surface and really uh, be with our experience without um, constantly, you know, putting a story on top of it. And, you know, if we are not taught in that way, it, it's, it's something which doesn't come easy. You know, you're telling your husband is almost 80 years old and he hasn't learned that. Mm -hmm. But you have, you know, because I think the suffering, you know, of that, of that um, constant impending um, disaster, you know, which you were living with has has you know, kind of took you and, and put you into your experience because there was just no story anymore helping you, you know, because it, it was just uh, too difficult. You, you just finally, you know, were willing to, to be honest with yourself. And then solutions, you know, became apparent because when we really... Um, have the courage and the humility, you know, to get in touch with our own experience, then we actually connect with a much bigger intelligence than our own and wisdom arises. But only if we are really willing, you know, to, to receive our experience as it is. And often that can be very scary. But if we are, if we are willing to do that, then, you know, ways of how we can handle the situation become available to us. And we meet 
other people, we hear about advice, we, a book falls into our hands, there's all kind of mysterious things can happen if we are willing, you know, to be honest and if we are willing to open up to the way things are. And, and you know, the story I've been sharing is, is a very good example, I think, you know. Mm. And then, for example, your husband who is not willing to do that yet because he doesn't have the maturity, he didn't have the humility to take in the suffering. <laughs> so he's still kind of running away from the suffering into a future, you know, where everything will be solved miraculously by some good fortune, you know. And I have been doing that myself, you know, I've not been doing it in the same area, but I had other fantasies, you know, about a, a, a future I wanted to see and I wanted to um, have, and it has, not, it has never arrived, and I had to, you know, be willing to stop long enough and to really take in what's happening, and... And that is, is very scary for, for, for people. You know, the capacity to feel our experience really deeply and to connect with that energy is something we are trying to escape and our whole culture is all built up on, the, on that um, escaping from the present moment by trying to, you know, have more pleasant experiences and, and stay on the surface rather and you know we live in a way which is very destructive you know to the resources of this planet because we need so much um, consumerist goods in order to keep ourselves on the surface that you know, we are having produced like a, a crisis, an environmental crisis, and there's still, you know, very little effort to try to turn all of that around because people just don't have the strength of heart, the strength of mind to really stop and look what's happening. And you know, and the politicians are also you know not willing to share the information because they're afraid of not being voted again. And that's the most important thing for them because they also think that they need that money to buy more things in order to be able to live the good American life and so on and so forth. So we are all caught up in a very self-destructive way of living and a very ignorant way of living and it's a great tragedy and you know everybody who speaks about it isn't very uh, appreciated generally because people uh, think it's much too depressing to think about climate change because they don't think there's a way we can deal with this effectively so they rather want to kind of distract themselves further and further so we live in a very very um, crazy time right now you know and the only way how we could really turn this around is if we would have the 
you know, the willingness to, to recognize our deep um, interdependence with all that lives. You know, and that's 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 really one of the uh, m many ways how we can express, you know, the the essence of of the teachings of the Buddha, the essence of of the truth, or the essence of of the Dhamma is, you know, our total interrelatedness with all that lives. And in order, you know, to be able to appreciate that and to realize that we have to stop and and look deeper. Like this uh, little exercise we did before, putting our hands together like this, you know. Then you, you realize that, you know, under the surface of what meets our sense organ, the eye, which this looks like a thing, you know, if you just put your hands together and stop long enough to feel, you can see this is actually not a thing. This is an ever-changing process and you can very quickly actually get in touch with it. Just stop for a few seconds and you feel it. You know, is <coughs> this capacity to feel which puts us in touch with a deeper truth? And, you know, and this capacity to feel is something which isn't very... Uh, much appreciated in 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 the times we live you know it's it's a it's a more you know, it's, it's, a, it's a capacity which we rather identify with the with the feminine uh, aspect of of existence you know and it, and it's it's something which is you know is kind of ridiculed somehow you know in in a in a more masculine way of of um, going about life, which is, you know, is a way of control and 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 a way of uh, trying, you know, to get what you can. And there's an unwillingness, you know, to be To recognize the the deep interconnectedness and the the mysteriousness of the, of this process of of life, and and through that you know we remove ourselves ever more from what really you know is is important in order to live in harmony with, with nature. And, you know, if we keep on going in this way, then uh, you know, we'll get a very hard lesson uh, at one point, because then we can't do that, we can't go on like this forever. And, you know, I've I'm sure you've all heard about this, uh, you know, big um, typhoon which which happened on on the Philippines just like about two weeks ago. This was just like another example of uh, of climate change, you know. And there's so many going on, and you know, 
a lot of them we, we don't even hear about because they are happening in places which which don't get much um, attention. So that this capacity to feel is 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 the way how how we can get in touch with this deeper truth. And you know, it's a way of you know being in touch with what is happening in a way where we don't shut down, but using this uh, energy which we can feel, use it as a as a means to open up, really, you know, and to pop, to pop up, to pop out, to open up this this armor of of the ego, really, which keeps us running in. You know, like a hamster in a wheel, and where we repeat our stories again and again and again, and uh, you know, because those rats, you know, are so deeply ingrained in our in our brain, really, those grooves are so deep that even you know, we we you know, life makes it very clear that it doesn't work, and then you know it. There's a little shock there, but then within a very short time, we fall back into the same rut again. Because, you know, those neural pathways in the brain, they are so deeply ingrained. They are, it's always kind of pulls us back, the force of the magnetism of that deep groove, you know, pulls us back again. And then, you know, after a short shock, we forget it again, and then we just do the same thing again. And then again, like a short kind of shock, and then maybe for one, two days we wake up, and then we fall back into the groove again. So we really need a, a practice, you know, in order to to work ourselves, to train ourselves out of that. But for that, we have to be really willing, you know, to to um, go through unpleasant feeling, because otherwise, you know, we we get pulled back into the old ways again very, very quickly. And um, I'm sure you all have heard about what's called uh, brain plasticity, you know, that there is a way, you know, that we can change very deeply ingrained habit patterns by, you know, by training ourselves to notice, you know, when we're repeating a certain action again and again and, and to step out of it. And, you know, for example, the AA programs, you know, they, they are programs of, of giving people instructions how they can train themselves, you know, not to repeat a very destructive habit of, of maybe drinking or overeating or gambling and, and different ways, you know, how people can get caught in a destructive pattern. And it's, it's really not very uh, complicated. It's just... It's just difficult to do because of the unpleasant feelings which we have to learn to tolerate, you know, in order to be able to step out from an unhealthy pattern. Because we just, you know, we just don't do it because we can't deal with the repercussions of, the, uh, of changing our ways because the repercussions are unpleasant feeling. There's nothing other, you know, kind of especially mysterious about it. There's, it's just this unpleasant feeling which we have to learn to tolerate 
and we have to you know learn to build up some support systems which help us to to handle that feeling long enough it's like you know when you when you touch a hot plate you know on on a stove you can't touch it long it's just like this and 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 again and this is what we can do you know with this very strong kind of thoughts and habit patterns you know which keeps us repeating a thing again and again we can just stop for a moment and just feel you know the emotion which is you know maybe a very strong desire or a very strong fear you know which makes us repeat a certain a certain habit again and again just stop for a second and take in how it feels without acting you know taking it in in a non in a non-dual way just a direct experience just stop for a moment and touch that feeling and then it probably sends us again into you know into the same thoughts again because those thoughts they they distract us from the feeling you know and then stop again come back you know turn towards ourselves instead of you know turning into the future thinking i'm going to be happy in the future I just need to do this this and this and not being here with myself not feeling how it feels and then when we catch ourselves again with the story just coming back and you know being with ourselves again and embracing how it feels and then again being catapulted into the thinking and as soon as we notice it stopping it coming back to ourselves and you know and it is like a little bite one bite at a time because it can feel very overwhelming and it doesn't taste good but if we can if we can interrupt the habit for a second or for two seconds you know and then we go off again we notice it we just take another bite and this is the way you know how we can work ourselves out of it and this is how we can you know forge these new neural pathways and you know stopping a habit for one or two three seconds is enough you know but we have to repeat it to repeat it many many times you know then we slowly get this you know we collect this what's called like a critical mass you know and then it starts to become easier but we have to be willing you know to go through that um, what's called i think a cold turkey you know also this cold turkey of being with these very very unpleasant feelings and therefore you know to join a certain groups like aa groups can be extremely helpful because it's very difficult to tolerate the feelings and if we hear from other people who go through similar experiences that can be very empowering because we know we are not alone in this and this is just normal you know there's nothing kind of especially about me or me and my terrible experience but we we find out you know anybody who has been doing this has to deal with the repercussions you know because we live we live in a in a culture or we live in an age you know where feeling isn't something you know which is much uh spoken about it's it, people don't understand the power of feeling really they don't understand that they are really kind of uh, run by 
their feelings, you know, running after pleasant feelings, running away from unpleasant feelings and being ignorant to neutral feelings. If people would really know that this is underlying everything what they are doing, they'd be quite surprised, actually. And there's whole industries, they are just all founded, you know, on trying to sell people pleasant feelings, really. So it's a very, very powerful um, force in our lives. And if we don't stop long enough to see what's going on, you know, how we are functioned, then we, we can live 80, 90 years, die, never notice that this is actually what has been running us all the time and, you know, has, has caused us a lot of trouble in our lives. It's very, very sad, you know. And I still remember, you know, when I started to meditate many years ago, I think 25 years ago or so, after my first retreat, I just, uh, it was in Thailand and, and, and I met, I met um, a friend and I was saying, you know, I've just done this retreat and, and I've learned, you know, that feeling is impermanent and I don't have to really act on all. When I feel so I want to do something, I don't really need to. I need to follow it. And I, I thought, oh, that's, now I'm, you know, I'm on my way to enlightenment and <laughs> I'm going to be done quite, quite soon, you know. I was extremely inspired by that because it had never dawned on me when I was already 30 years old that I don't have to be run by my feelings. That was really amazing. I had been going through a lot of education you know, I'd been going to school and to university and I had been learning and reading and doing and endlessly, but I've never ever come over any passage before telling me that I don't have to be dictated by my feelings. That was just so wonderful. And now, you know, I have been practicing with it, but I, what I didn't count on was the depths of the fear actually I had of, of feeling, you know, of unpleasant feeling. And how afraid I was of uh, opening up to unpleasant feeling, you know, how afraid I was of fear, how afraid I was of my own, uh, you know, when my own energy was or is activated, you know, into, into afflictive, strong, strong emotions, how afraid I am, you know, to really stop and and let it just do its thing. And not kind of going out into thinking and you know, thinking up a story about it. Or, you know, throwing it at somebody else and blaming somebody else. It's, you know, because of you that I now have to feel these feelings and, you know, you shouldn't do this to me and blah, 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 all of that. So, you know, this is very much like really the core of the practice is... is Developing that capacity to feel what we are feeling right now and fully mm. embrace it. Because then, and only then, can we learn from it. And, you know, we can use it as a means, you know, actually to, to catapult us out from our ego identifications. This is one way. That's, that's the 
way you know which leads to wisdom and compassion and the other way which most people are doing is you know to get completely wrapped up in our feelings you know to just start spinning spinning escalating escalating the knee-jerk reactions you know and making more and more of it and spinning quicker and quicker and getting completely lost you know and not only getting lost but also you know, strengthening those neural pathways in the mind so you know it's it's a, like a downward spiral really and then we you know then we don't become wise when we age we just become you know more and more deeply ingrained in our the patterns we we have brought into our lives maybe from a past life or you know which we have cultivated very early in our childhood and we're just repeating them endlessly until we drop dead. It's a very sad thing. Because we could have done a completely different, you know, we could have opened ourselves to the wisdom which is at the root of all of this. And then we, you know, we not only develop wisdom and compassion and suffer less in our lives, but we can also you know, benefit others around us greatly with that wisdom and compassion. You know, and, and, and it doesn't say at all, you know, that like difficult feelings are, are a hindrance to, to practice. They are really a very good um, support for practice if we know how to meet them. Because, you know, there's the very strong energy which can raise through our bodies and minds if, you know, afflictive emotions are stirred up. It's really like a, a huge wake-up call if we can hear it. And then, you know, really kind of feeling it through and, uh, you know, learning how to get a handle on it is actually not that complicated. You know, and in, in the beginning, uh, when we haven't heard about the teachings yet and when we don't have any wisdom, you know, it's, it's that our feelings, you know, our energy, when it raises through the system and it's stirred up, it, it, you know, it, it really dominates us and it has us. We, we fully become it, you know. If, if there's anger raising through the system, we become angry and, you know, act out and make do things and so on and so forth and then we wake up from it and... Oh my God, what did I do, you know? So we can become completely identified and, you know, completely uh, unconscious, really, becoming the emotion. And then, you know, if we have the willingness, you know, to humble ourselves and learn from that, you know, maybe in the beginning we can only learn after it's already passed you know and then we have a strong regret and remorse and we go and we apologize and you know and through repeating that uh, remedying you know what we have maybe the havoc we have caused you know our mindfulness automatically you know increases because you know if we have to apologize again and again at one point you know we, we just have that very deep wish, you know, and also maybe, you know, if, if it's a repeated thing which we're doing, a healthy shame, you know, can arise when we, when we do, when we repeat the same thing over and over again. 
like a conscientiousness, you know, like our self-respect affords us to to change, and also respect for other people. You know, if we if we do harm to other people, so then there 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 this wish you know grows in ourselves that we we wanna change, and then. You know, through that maybe we, we are willing to pay more attention and to catch ourselves and, and to tolerate the unpleasant feeling rather than throwing it into somebody else, you know. And that's, you know, when it starts that instead of the feeling having us, we start to have the feeling. It's a very different kettle of fish, you know. Then we, we can just, you know, we know we know that there's anger in the system because we feel the heat, we feel the power, you know, of the feeling racing through the body and the mind. And, and we can hold steady with it. We might have, you know, to remove ourselves from the scene because we, we, we are very kind of tense. But at least, you know, we, we are willing to hold it within ourselves. We are not throwing it at somebody else. So that's already a great, you know, a great... Uh, progress in the practice the next step would be you know to become a, not only that we do have the capacity you know to contain the feelings with ourselves within ourselves not acting out but we also notice you know how we are with those feelings because you know it can be that we we feel a very strong emotion like anger and we get very tense about it and you know and kind of you know beat ourselves up wish it would be different and you know it's a very tight experience and there's very little space around it so you know the capacity to learn from it isn't very big because if there's no space around the experience there's not much um, you know possibility to learn from it so but once we can make a little more space around it when we can be more accepting of the experience as it is then, you know, we have uh, entered, you know, a different territory again where a transformation starts to um, begin. And this is, you know, this is the real place, you know, where the Dhamma starts to reveal itself. Because, you know, through being with the experience, it, it starts to open up to us and uh, the energy which is you know bound up in these habit patterns starts to it starts to transform and it starts to open up and then you know through the repetition of that we really start to build different neural pathways in the brain and and then over time we will recognize you know that it's the power of the feelings starts to uh, change. Not only you know, do we have more capacity to be with the feeling, but the feelings also start to become less powerful. Because if we are able to stay with it, it starts to lose its... Um, the momentum starts to slow down, you know. And then you know, what, what once you know, drove us really up the wall doesn't do the same thing anymore. 
And we, we can really notice that when we are looking back in time over our practice, not just over a few weeks or months, but over years, we can really notice, you know, like three years ago, it would have been impossible for me, for example, to, to do this. But now, it's kind of, it's only a faint shadow left, you know, of that intensity it had a few years ago. So this is something we can really, um, make happen, you know, with our practice. And then, you know, in the ultimate uh, uh, summit, you know, of the practice would be to just be with, with the way things are without any um, concept, without any story on top of it, a complete uh, resting with the experience in a non-dual way. You know, and, and an enlightened being is uh, able to be with experience like that just uh, 24 hours, 7 days a week, basically. It's not that they don't have any unpleasant feelings, but they can be with those feelings without any uh, story or resistance. So, you know, this is... Uh, Learning how, how to be with feeling is really very, very central to the practice. And you know, this uh, capacity you know, to use everything what's happening to us as a food you know for wisdom and compassion and to use these very powerful emotions and feelings to open us up to a much bigger experience you know to the interdependence interrelatedness with everything that's what we can do really And, and you can try it the next time, you know, when you have a really intense feeling. It's, it's, it's very similar to what we did before with the hands, you know. If you have a very powerful, you know, feeling going, well, um, sensations, you know, powerful, uh, afflictive emotion, like let's say fear, for example, racing, you know, through your body and mind. If you can, you know, really take a seat and really take it in, you know, not kind of trying, you know, to sink it away and solve it in by, you know, making a thousand different strategies in your mind, but to just sit up and really receive it as it is, you know, and expressing that in your posture, you know, taking really a seat in the middle of your life and letting letting that process inform you of, of something deeper. You'll notice how... If you have the courage to just be with that sensation long enough, you notice it's going to change. It's going to open you up to a much bigger field. And you will, you know, after some time, you don't feel anymore, you know, where you begin and where you end. It's just like this complete interconnectedness, interdependence becomes available, you know, as an experience. You know, this is something we can all do. We just have to remember it, and that's the that's the issue, you know. Because if very strong afflictive emotions are stirred up by some causes and conditions, 
the point is that we forget, you know, because we get so identified with it that we forget actually the most simple instruction to just stop and take a look, you know. And and through that, you know, we we don't have any access to creatively uh, relating to those experiences. And, and we repeat the old patterns again and again and again, which is the past is completely um, dominating us in the present. And because of that, you know, we always have the same results. If we want to have different results, we, we should not, you know, re repeat the past because that's always the same thing again and again. So we need to stop and, you know, make friends with what's happening right now without trying to, to fix it and trust that if we go into the depths of the experience that a creative, a new response will come from that by connecting with this deeper intelligence, you know, which is, you know, which has been driving, you know, evolution since a very, very long time. And, and we do have the equipment to connect with that intelligence if we remember it and if we stop it and if we turn towards it rather than away from it, you know, into some kind of a fantasy we have, how we want to have the future. And I think, you know, this, this time of, of great... Um, global climate change and it should be a real wake-up call you know that this way of relating to life doesn't really work you know it, it's self-destructive because it doesn't respond in a way which is honoring this very deep interconnectedness with all which lives because this is something that we can't really grasp with the dualistic mind this is much too complex this has to come, you know, from something much more powerful than our little dualistic minds. This has to come from from the depths of, of the experience of truth, really. This is this creativity, you know, which is uh, it's here, you know, in all great art all great inventions, they all have come from that intelligence. And we can, you know, we can clear ourselves out for that intelligence to work through us by recognizing, you know, which keeps us, uh, well, what keeps us you know, bound in, in repeating the same things again and again. It's by only, you know, com by completely, you know, getting in touch with our, with our experience in, in the relative, you know, by the nitty-gritty of daily life. Only through getting in touch with that can we ever really uh, discover the absolute, you know, or discover this, this intelligence or, you know, maybe some people call it God 
or in, in Buddhism we call it because we don't have a, a personal God per se, we call it laws of nature. Only by fully uh, you know, touching our relative experience, our everyday humble experience, you know, of kind of going out, doing the shopping, cleaning the house, you know, attending to what needs to be attended to, by really being with our daily experience, we can touch that depths. But for that, you know, we have to be uh, sensitive enough and and meditation is a way how we can sensitize ourselves to to present experience. And, you know, putting our hands together in that way is is a way to, to really uh, see how much escapes our sense organs if we just you know, stay on the surface. And most people, you know, if they have never meditated before, they don't know that even, you know. Such a very simple thing that they would never uh, by themselves uh, realize that. Keep on meditating because that's really a way how you can uh, help the world in this very difficult time. If you do it, you know, even other people uh, might not be interested in hearing about it, but the way you, how you live will uh, communicate on, on, a, on a different level something to them, you know, which when the time is ripe, they will be meeting maybe an experience which helps them to you know, humble themselves in in a way which brings them in in touch with uh, a teaching which can help them to open up more deeper to life. So, I think that's enough for today. <laughs>